All right. Uh, I'm getting like two notes there. Yeah. You uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I'm, I've nailed Mongolian throat C. I've got an entire second voice. <laughs> you hear? Got a little bit. Is this the worst cold open we've ever done? Yeah, this is 100% the cold open. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Welcome once again aboard Beef Station for another episode as we hurtle towards the surface of the sun at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. Andrew. Let's yeah. jump into it. we got to keep going fast because we're running away from the cops that are after us after we murdered Jason <laughs> last week. So. <laughs> Space cops, baby. <laughs> the um, the, the icicles dripping off his nose are <laughs> glinting in the corner of my eye, and yeah. my guilt-laden conscience can only deal with it for so long. Yeah, you ever wonder um, what happens if you take your glove off in space? <laughs> what happens if you take your spaceship off in space? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Thanks to Jason for being our guest last week. Yeah, that was that good. Was good. Yeah. Uh, we've certain, uh, since learned, and this little tease about a new segment, that Mortal Engines is one of the biggest flops this year. Oh, it's real I bad. think they lost $100 million at the box office. Um, See, now, the no anarchist bueno. part of me just likes that that happened to someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, oh, someone lost $100 million. I'm like, oh, good. Great. <laughs> who do, was it? Do you want to know who? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't care. Because if they've got $100 million to lose, good, great. And unfortunately, yes, that will come down on all of the mm. hardworking people. that. Uh, all the hardworking people here at Beef Station. Did that, their uh, best not to make that film not suck. We didn't, we, we didn't pay for those tickets. We snuck your, in. Imagine no. your big break. Losing a hundred million dollars because that was that director's like first real thing, and he was like mentored by Peter Jackson, and Peter Jackson's like, I can't fucking believe I bet on you. Yeah, poor bloke. Bloody unbelievable. Poor bloke. Yeah. More cop. Uh, <laughs> Good shit. Good shit. Uh, what movies are we doing today, boy? Uh, so uh, I, in 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 classic fashion, I really fucked us around by like watching <laughs> watching movies that we hadn't agreed on. So we're watching deviating from the schedule. We're watching. So I think last week yeah. in the description. This week I watched Into I... the Spider Verse and Cold War. <laughs> I've not right. seen either of those. Ones. I did watch Cold War last week. I know, In fact, no, that's tease, not what we're doing. Tease, tease for that. I watched Cold War last week uh, as like a little preview screening well, don't before you it comes goddamn out. Goddamn, dare talk about it because I'm <laughs> going to watch it and then we can talk. About it. <laughs> Friend of the show, Liam, was like, uh, "Oh, Cold War. What's that about?" We both laughed and then we'll be like, "No, but seriously, it's I have about no Cold War." <laughs> yeah. What else? Uh, wars. <laughs> <laughs> Blood diamonds. What's that about? Oh God, he Blood got me so good. <laughs> diamonds. <laughs> I still like. You know how you have intrusive thoughts about like embarrassing shit that happened to you in high school? I genuinely have an intrusive thought where I asked my friend what Blood Diamonds was about, and he was like, "Blood," and I was like. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't ask him. Don't say it. Don't do it, mate. Because you're walking into a trap. You're clearly walking into a trap. And I went, and, <laughs> and he goes, and this, this diamonds. Like he was ready for it his, his whole eye life. Twinkles. He was ready for it his whole life. His whole life, he'd just been waiting for someone to ask what was what 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 blood diamonds was about. Walking through Dimmicks, being like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. No, Lord of the Rings. No, no. Nah, it's got to be two words. It has to just be two words. Both of them have to be clearly salient concepts on their own, and it's going to have to be made into a movie that we study in year ten geography. It felt like that was the. I would say that was the audio equivalent. Yes, we did. I would say that was the audio equivalent of getting uh, 
getting my pants pulled down in front of a group of people. <laughs> right. Well, you were studying blood diamonds. We we were in Mr. Cameron's class learning about volcanoes and shit. Oh, baby. <laughs> I like we were like progressively doxing all our high school <laughs> teachers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best bit about Mr. Cameron's ha- has a geography class. My favorite memory was I had a German exchange student uh, with me like at the time and it was some sort of school thing. So like he was like coming along to my classes for two weeks, which is weird because like it's not long enough to get anything out of it. I think it was literally just that his school sent him here at a time when we were we were at school. So yeah, like, well, the easiest way to have duty of care. <sighs> yeah, is to exactly. Have, like, so it's like, well, Leon, I guess you're fucking going to school for your holidays. <laughs> like, cool, crew. So he had to come along. For Maybe my, you like, can learn some geography related English <laughs> words, huh? Yeah, exactly. So he had to come along to my hazard geography class. Um, and we watched. We were watching a movie about like volcanoes in Hawaii or something. And um, Was that's how I found out volcano? that the Hawaiian the Hawaiian word uh, uh-uh, which is like for like pyroclastic flow or whatever, like lava, is. The German sounds exactly the same as the German word "uh," uh-uh, which means like poopy. <laughs> and there was lots of like <laughs> cold, like narrators talking to camera, being like, "See, as the uh uh-uh flows down the mountain, and engulfs <laughs> and the like, whole village." Oh, they're running for poopy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, as the poopy runs down the hill and engulfs <laughs> the whole village. Um, yeah, so much was... like Italians, Germans, impossible to be racist <laughs> to. You just can't be racist to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's never too soon. No. Well, too soon from what? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. I mean, if the 9-11 jokes were bad... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll steer clear. History started in 1993. 1946, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Moving um, on. <laughs> yeah. So, right. what was that movie that you saw just before about? Don't know, man. Speaking of events in 1946, the first movie we watched this week... <laughs> well, yeah, I was part of the reason why I didn't answer the question and still I'm not is because I don't remember what order each of us watched this movie in but it right. wasn't the right or sensible one but we both I watched Cold War and it was pretty good later on about 46 weeks ago Jesus Christ I it's like saw it yesterday a distant memory and yeah. so I was <laughs> so, so I watched it, Widows oh man yeah see I barely Widows remember did. Widows yeah. and Andrew was like really? I'm like yeah because you forced me to watch it three weeks yeah, ago I really did the, did the number on him <laughs> Uh, Should we start with, uh, after, so, after teasing our Nazi zombie movie, do you want to start with Widows then? Yeah, so we watch Widows and then we'll talk about Overlord, Overlord. which was produced by J.J. Uh, Abrams and directed by Shit, someone really? who is not J.J. Abrams. Oh, right. uh, Same thing as like the Peter but, Jackson style it's movie. It's literally, we watch, yeah, yeah, we've recently seen a bunch of films that were produced by people who once made good movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, should we start with uh, Widows, considering that your memory works chronologically? Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Cool. Um, okay. Well, actually, all right. Before we get stuck into that, um, <laughs> those are the movies we'll be talking about. However, yeah. uh, I also noticed that there were a bunch of really cool movies coming up um, yeah. recently. So I remember like a couple of weeks ago, I-, I was just sitting there thinking about movies that we needed to see. And there were like eight or nine that I was thinking of that were coming up really soon. That yeah, I was absolutely. Keen on. So um, in the near future, we'll be probably looking at uh, Green Book. The Green, Green Book was really good. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the animated new Spider-Man film, which yeah. is actually getting quite good feedback. Yeah. Uh, the Favourite, which is the uh, Victorian era... Now, there's two Victorian era films coming out. One of them is directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, the same guy that did Killing of a Sacred Deer and The Lobster. Which we are never going to be Greek watching. Dude. I'm absolutely watching that one, so right. maybe I'll go on that solo. Look forward to the uh, Andrew Solo, solo podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know if that's the favorite or the other one. I think it is the favorite because he likes short, snappy titles like that. But there's also yeah. another one um, based in that era with like Saoirse Ronan and, and a bunch of other famous people in it. Um, and they both look really good. So there's two Victorian era yeah. style films coming out. There's also I couldn't really give a fuck about the Saoirse Ronan one. That just seems like a straight 
yeah, uh, his, history period drama about kings and queens. And like, yeah. it seems like oh, the sort Margot of thing Robbie that, like, is the other main yeah. person in that. And so. it seems like the sort of thing that got my nana really excited. But I I'm going to see fuck. it because I'm interested in seeing how good their performances are. I yeah. think it's pretty hard when you're in one of those films. It's like, you know, to, you know how some people are really good at like, some people are good. You know how some people are good <laughs> actors? Like, yeah. no, it's like, you know how some people they're on screen and the whole time you're just like, oh, this is fucking... Dwayne Johnson like this is just this the is rock just like, but he's in a yeah. different situation Sasha Ryan in the movie <laughs> yeah Margot Robbie is so covered in makeup and looks like Queen blah, I'm gonna blah, blah, guess blah. Victoria that um, I mean we definitely like, just un- fucked that unrecognisable um, and I'm interested to see how, <laughs> how she goes <laughs> I'm hoping that she channels Harley Quinn <laughs> speaking of um, Victoria we had, a, had feedback from a listener recently uh, <laughs> listener Mark hello out there um, who pointed out <laughs> the fact that I believe that's the man who called you a fucking dickhead immediately <laughs> before <laughs> this podcast <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to dox my father live on the air <laughs> but um, <laughs> who said that like he, he said the most infuriating thing about this podcast is that we have little to no grasp of history <laughs> or when shit actually happened what's or actually happening who anyone is yeah. And he says, like, does everything happen in the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, feel like if you were born after the 80s, <laughs> yeah. I feel like a beef station <laughs> drinking game, we could very easily construct, and one of them would be like, <laughs> when they, when when they brush past something. some historical fact and say it probably happened in the 80s or something, apparently we do Rush that every time. been in, like, I don't know, at least one war. <laughs> Like, probably just one, actually. I reckon, yeah, it's probably one. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's Cold War as well. Uh, good segue. Yep. And then um, uh, Loro, I'm really interested in seeing, which is that Italian one. Or di- the director is Italian. I'm not sure if that's where it's at, but it's entirely yeah, okay. in black and white. Well, is this is this a good time then? I was going to save this for the news. The Academy Awards have announced. So I didn't realize this is how it works, but apparently they have like a short list first and so like people that vote on the Academy Awards and shit they vote on like what you're movies you tell me that the Mandy soundtrack has been disqualified from the Academy Awards again because I, mean, I can't hear already, that we again. already knew that <laughs> yeah um, I know and the, I'm still upset uh, I'm still yeah. upset and so people that vote on the Academy Awards like if you've already won an award or whatever you get to vote on it so they vote on like yeah. a shortlist first and that shortlist at some point gets announced and it's like you know 15 or 20 films long or whatever right. and then um, from that the, nomin- the official nominations the are announced yeah. and then you're like Oscar nominated and the right. the actual nominees, I think, are announced on like in the end of January or something. Mm. But sure. the Oscar shortlist for about nine categories have all been announced. Oh, cool! Okay, today, and I might breeze. And past we're going to read every item on every list now. So, like, who gives a fuck about uh, the documentary ones? Because I love documentaries, but to be honest, I'm not well versed enough in ones I that love have come documentaries recently. but I'm never like hanging no. out for who wins best documentary I'm sure if you make a documentary and you're up for an <laughs> Academy Award you're like oh, cool yeah right so um, the Oscar shortlist for best foreign language film there's a few here I've actually heard oh, of oh yeah so, I might have seen um, Shoplifters I've heard Mary said Shoplifters is really good yeah, uh, Roma one, right? is uh, nearby by that Mexican guy Alfonso Cur- uh, Curon Curon yeah yeah um, he did that one and Cold War the film I just saw the from other day Poland, yeah. from Poland is also on this list in, mm. amongst others the reason why I mention it is because of course uh, <laughs> because it features any amount of like showboaty makeup this Mary Queen of Mary Scots Mary Queen of Scots is the other film Saoirse Ronan yeah. uh, Margot, Robbie. Margot Robbie film is on the list of so like, maybe it's fucking Queen best Mary makeup or whatever. it might be Queen Mary <laughs> I reckon I said the wrong Queen <laughs> I mean I think Saoirse is Queen Mary Queen of Fuck. Scots or something because Queen what? Mary <laughs> No, because Mary Queen of Scots is the one that like got locked in that tower, and she yeah, died she in was the eighties. Queen of Scotland, yeah. not England. Yeah. Um, best original score is here. You'll notice. Okay, so here's the list of films that are nominated for best original score. You ready? 
Just, just one, remember, not Mandy. Okay, right, right. So Mandy's not nominated, but the following films are nominated for best original So, so the Academy is deems it good content when I just get angry. Yes, the, yes, yes. So, if it, several, several people. Yes, um, the Academy Award has deemed every single one of these films as to have a better awesome. soundtrack than Mandy. No, 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 it was disqualified. Sorry, is Mandy on this list? It was disqualified, right. and I have right. to keep hey. telling myself that it was <laughs> disqualified. Carry on. <laughs> Fuck, he's laughing. <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, yeah. Isle of Dogs, A Quiet that came Place. Out this fucking year. Yeah, that was like I am eight Isle of Dogs. years old. Isle of Dogs was the first ever Beef Station episode we ever did. Yeah, and it's, it's ep one unreleased. Ep yeah. one, get hyped for episode one, Isle so that we can, so that when we release it, people will give a shit. Ep, <laughs> I, man, ep one was the best episode we ever did. We never released it. Why didn't we do that? Didn't yeah. we lose it? Didn't we like yeah. save it on a hard drive and fire it out into the vacuum yeah, of space? I think so. and, yeah, I, I think they said it got launched in the side of they the uh, the astronomers that yeah. we like consulted to it try and recover toilet. to try and recover episode one. Uh, it got lodged in the side of Halley's comet, and they said that comes around once every whatever it is twenty seven right. years. Something. Right, right. So we're gonna have to wait that long before it comes back. So we're gonna have to shove your neck and head, big fat head, down the <laughs> down the side of the space toilet. You're gonna have to catch it in your mouth when it comes by twenty seven years from now. Flushing me like a fucking nerd. Hell yeah! You're gonna you're gonna have to go head first down that toilet, just like old mate in, in train spotting, covered in yeah. covered in uh, poo and suppositories. And then I can have um, like a two thousand one style space odyssey. Outside the ship. Other movies with objective just with an objectively dying. better score than Mandy. Black Klansman. Oh, that was actually fucking great, to be honest. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Mary Poppins Returns. By the way, for anyone who was put off by some of the reviews, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I've watched about twenty minutes of it. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. Oh, great! Because the Coen Brothers are good. Genuinely. Um, Ready Player One. Oh, fuck. And off. finally, movie with a score that's better than better than Mandy. Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, fuck off. Avengers Infinity War, Black Bang, the Crazy you know Rich Asians, that, like, Death of Stalin. Both of the films we did in our first episode are all on this list. Mandy's that was actually th- okay. So I, out of all of those, I would vote Black Klansman. Um, yeah. But uh, to I, I just reckon like it. Mark my words, Infinity War will be one of the proper nominees for that. Like I reckon it'll, despite the fact that it's the most <laughs> fucking unmemorable over fuck, you reckon? bullshit. Well, just because it's just like. It's famous. Big Hollywood or yeah. whatever. Yeah. There's uh, going to well, be enough votes for it. Well, because then it's not like the public that vote, obviously. It's like other people who've won no, the award for yeah. members of the music branch of it's the Academy. Friends so it's friends of like, people who are nominated. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, a whole bunch of like original songs and like I never, I haven't seen many of the original songs. Yeah, because sure. Bow, that Pixar oh, the, yeah, short okay. is nominated for Best Short. A bunch, a whole bunch of other shorts that aren't that short from good. a Pixar film. That was very good. Yeah. It's, it's available live on YouTube for the next week, which doesn't help when we release this, but it's been on, it's been on YouTube for <laughs> so, the last week. Listeners, you've missed it. You have three days. Um, and that. then Best Visual Effects has oh, also yeah, been okay. announced. In addition to... God, it's again. It's yeah, like, in addition to I like... I think if your <laughs> movie has a budget over $200 million, you yeah. shouldn't be eligible for it, the yeah. Best Visual so Effects fucking category. In addition to uh, like a whole shit ton of Marvel movies that aren't interesting... Best it's like, yeah, effects Ant-Man, Infinity War, yeah. Black Panther. Christ- Christopher Robin, which I would be interested in yeah, seeing, because okay. obviously it's him interacting with a whole bunch of soft toys. Uh, First Man, which I'd be interested in seeing a bit more, so more about the visual effects of, because... use of visual effects. Because that was really subtle, and you didn't yeah. even really notice that. I was like, are there any visual effects in First Man? I was like, oh, right, no, he was in space. I remembered like- <laughs> during a scene, I was like, oh, they're not on the fucking moon. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, of course they're not on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> and then my brain had to be like, but how are they filming it then? It's like, well, not on the moon. Like, they're just <laughs> using green screens, I guess. Yeah, but it exactly. it was incredible. Um, so it, you, you just reminded me when you said um, that 
uh, about Best Picture. And the reason why I brought this up is because in my head, I knew that Best Picture was one of the nine categories that's been announced. It's not, no, it's sorry. Not. The last 10 <laughs> I don't think they sizzle there because no one no. would fucking really yeah. tune in to see the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, you know what there we should go. fucking but do? There, but there are a whole bunch we of movies coming up that we do a live Oscars viewing episode of Beef Station. A live episode? Yeah. They're pretty good. Or we could, like, we could just... No, we could do that. If we stream it, we're going to get 15 people watching us yeah, total, maybe. Yeah, that'd be fine. Or we could try and like book a venue, do like a live app and sell tickets. Oh, man. I don't think people would buy tickets. No one would come to Can that. Can you let us know, listeners, if you would buy tickets to a live <laughs> session of Beef Station where we're commentating the fucking Oscars? I don't... I, mean, I don't... it's mostly just a chance for you to drink among friends, <sighs> i.e. I mean, our listeners. I think we could just <laughs> but... hold a listening party at like our house. <laughs> yeah, well, let's theme a Beef Station then. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good. Oh man, yeah. uh, my ultimate fantasy Fuck for yeah. our live episode is like we get like spacesuits. Uh, I toyed, oh, Jesus. I toyed with the idea of googling how, <laughs> how to. Um, I, I feel like you could probably like buy <laughs> how a, to film yeah. in space. I feel like you could, <laughs> you could just buy like a motorcycle helmet and turn it into like an astronaut helmet. Oh, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. Um, I would love that. I want us to like walk into. Okay, you know what? I like these ideas too much, listeners. You're out of this conversation. Tune out for a sec. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, We're going to have this conversation off air. Okay? Keep your ideas. We're never going to be able to have a live episode, but I have a a fantasy about it. Never say never. But yeah, okay. Cool. Well, we'll, we're going to start thinking about that in the in the works Oscars viewing party. <laughs> what what movie do we watch? Which movie are we going to talk about? Widows. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> well, I was talking about... So, yeah, as a heads up, um, if you're interested in like catching some great movies or movies that look great over the kind of break of the movies holiday Movies that we're period, probably going to go and yeah, end up Green Book, at. Spider-Verse, The Favourite, Cold War, I'm going to see Mary Queen of Scots. And I feel like they're oh Lotto, uh, maybe Roma as well. I mean, we have to there watch Mary Queen of Scots and the fucking Lobster one, don't we? Because they're like an obvious pairing. I haven't seen. Oh right, well yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if we want to try and pair those, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so those are a bunch of the movies that I'm excited for personally. Also, like, I mean, I've been sorely disappointed with when the release dates are for Detective Pikachu and the, the Sonic live-action film. <laughs> they're, they're a long time away. Uh, if, if Beef Station is still still continuing on its galactic voyage in yeah. fucking September of 2020 or whenever the God, fuck we'll these movies see. are coming out. 2019. 2019. It's like August or some shit. Jesus Christ, I'm so fucking excited I don't know. What, uh, no, I movie. think Detective Pikachu is out way earlier, but the Sonic film yeah. is, is late. Yeah. yeah. That's the one I'm excited for, again, because I keep forgetting Jim Carrey plays <laughs> Dr. Fucking Eggman. Like, we've seen the weird, creepy, like, human thighs. thighs. The small, shrunken, blue thighs. And I'm, I'm remembering, again, that this is the film with Jim Carrey playing Dr. Eggman. Yeah. And also, someone pointed out to me the trend recently of, like, Disney saying, um, and we will get to these movies at some point, I promise. Nah. Um, Disney Disney pointing out the idea that, like... Fucking 15 minutes. Yeah, about <laughs> 10 minutes in. Yeah, uh, Disney pointing out the idea that like, oh, it's a live action liking. It's not live action. Yeah. It's just very realistic looking computer yeah. ge- computer animation. Well, some of it Why will is, be live action. It's like live action Sonic. It's not live action Sonic. We were promised a man in a rubber suit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I wanted <laughs> Harris Bomber guy style blue paint and paper. Yeah, exactly. Sonic I wanted like rubber blue like, echidna spikes. I don't have white gloves. Jiggling so I around my hands white. Is yeah. the level of detail I wanted from this. Not yeah. getting it. I wanted them no. to train. Uh, a bear to sing hedgehog. the bear necessities with Mowgli yeah. in the jungle. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Live action jungle bullshit. book. Fuck off. 
It's, I so, think it yeah. just depends on like whether or not it was f- literally at any point filmed in real life. Yeah. And then, oh, shit. Yeah. The other movie I'm really excited for is Vice, which has the worst title ever, but yeah. it is a new movie yeah. by Adam McKay, the guy oh, yeah, who yeah, did yeah. The Big Short. Yeah, he's This fantastic. is the one where Christian Bale gets really fat and yeah. pretends, to, pretends to be, plays the part of Dick Cheney. He pretends to be fat. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say he pretends to be Dick Cheney like he's fucking <laughs> Borat or something, but no, I just pretends to be Dick Cheney. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's a funny way to think about actors. <laughs> you seen that movie where Mark Hamill pretends to be a Jedi? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would watch a full budget movie where all of the characters aren't like acting; they're <laughs> pretending. <laughs> <laughs> it's just shit improv for like an hour and a half. Oh, that'd be like a making of documentary for a movie where every single character actor is going method. Oh, that'd be fucking great. Yeah, that'd like the movie great. never ends. Like yeah. if the shoot goes for eight weeks, that's an eight week long Star Wars movie because it's fucking Han One Solo and Luke Skywalker shooting the shit in the Smoko shed. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so we watched Widows this week. Widows. All three weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. What did you think? I thought it was pretty good. I thought that it was like a serviceable, heisty action movie. Um, I thought that there was definitely like a lot more focus on character than there are in these movies typically, which made it a bit, a bit not necessarily more interesting because I really fucking love a heist movie. Mm. But like, it definitely made it sort of feel different to how a heisty action movie normally would. Right. If that makes sense, like I. I don't know. I think I think I enjoyed it, but I definitely was like because I think Gone. I mean, I know that this isn't the same guy that wrote that the directed Gone Girl. It's the writer of Gone Girl and the director of Twelve Years a Slave. I've never seen Twelve Years a Slave, but both of those movies are like supposed to be like like amazing movies, and I really like Gone Girl. I was incredibly bored by Twelve Years a Slave. Okay, fine, but like Gone Girl, for example, is like really intense, and it's like so gripping the whole way through. And so I was kind of expecting. Gone Girl, but about a heist. I don't know why, because it right. wasn't that director, but, you know, whatever. Um, and I really just feel like it was like a good, a good action-y heist movie. Mm, okay. Yeah. I loved this movie. Really? I thought it was really, really excellent. I I had not heard nearly enough praise for how good I thought this movie was. It right. It just wasn't really hyped. So I heard, like, kind of, I'll give, like, two classes of kind of initial thoughts on this on this movie. Yeah. I had heard A that it was um that people I'd I'd heard that it was fine, I think probably from you, where it yeah. was like, Yeah, it's okay, it was good. Yeah. Um but I also heard a uh, friend of the show Zach saying that it was people were disappointed by it because they expected it to be a good Ocean's eight and it wasn't that. That's it not really not that's that not what movie. it's going for. It's like a in my head it's like a relationshipy charactery movie and it's an action movie, but really it's more about the relationships and the motivations and the actions of these characters. Yeah. I thought that... Then it the, is like a feature about look how clever these people are with these heists. Yeah, and the balance that was given to uh, character development versus yeah. actually pulling off like the heist was, I thought, masterful. I thought it was, right. it was like... Because the idea of a heist that takes... 20 or 30 minutes of the film to do and then like another 20 or 30 minutes of the film to plan. Yeah. This was like, the heist takes like 15 minutes, maybe 10. Yeah, so that's not the the whole point. the rest of the film is is like kind of character building, sort of preparing for the heist, but the way that they prepare for the heist is strongly rooted in their character development. Yeah, right. And so like, and this isn't a spoiler, but 
because it's like a it's the premise of the movie yeah. is that um, it's introduced after like this maybe ten or twenty gang of dudes start they go on some heist the heist goes tragically wrong and they all get killed yeah. in like like whatever an explosion or a gunfight or whatever the fuck it is um, and all of their wives have kind of never met they're all like kind of being kept secret from this like. This like gang of con men's like whole crime world. Yeah, they're involved they, in their husbands' lives to varying degrees. Yeah, which but is like important they don't know them, we, they don't know each other's wives and things. Though. No, 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 none yeah. of them have met. Yeah, and then they are like, oh, we all owe money to various people or owe debts or want money for whatever reason. Yeah. Let's like finish the heist that our husbands started, and that's yeah. the movie. Um, so like so, quickly expand on that a little bit because yeah. I think it's one of the key themes of the movie is like yeah. that they have been dependent on their husbands. Uh, as like primary breadwinners, but primary breadwinners who aren't earning their money legally in a job, breadwinners who are earning their financing through criminal activity. Like they all know that their husbands are criminals. Yeah, to varying degrees. Like some of them do and some of them don't. Some of them have an idea, but some of them didn't really understand or whatever. Yeah. Um, But they're all like kind of financially reliant on their husbands. And so this movie sort of starts with, well, what happens if you were like comfortably living on the income of someone who um, had, uh, like, was was killed doing their job, basically. So, I think Um, one of the... you have no support from any kind of authority because you were disenfranchised from any kind of support system in society. Like, as the wife of a criminal, who... How do you deal with life after they are removed from the equation. Yeah, right. So, I mean, Viola Davis's character, for example, is like a public school teacher. Mm. Has anyone seen uh, How to Get Away with Murder? She's the sort of main teacher character. I think I saw her in The Help as well. Oh, yeah, Whatever. she was great. Viola yeah. Davis uh, is like a, um, a public school teacher that lives in this giant mansion and is used to this like extravagant life of luxury because of her husband's like crime wealth. Yeah. Uh, one of them like owns their own like party planning, decorations, bridal kind of store it looks like and um, that gets like sold off as soon as the husband dies because yep. um, he bet it or he lost it however. The, the point is they all kind of like, yeah, they all profit from they the crime in their own way. They basically get all of their lives taken away. Yeah. yeah, and you, so you were mentioning how it's like a whole character movie and the point is not on a heist. And that, I think, is pretty self-evident from the the fact that, like, within the first 20 minutes of the movie, um, one of them finds, like, a book with all these plans for all these heists, like, just written down in the book. And yeah. they're like, oh, I'm going to do one of the plans from this book. So the, the book is um, found by Viola Davis's character. Yeah. Um, and she's sort of the anchor protagonist. She's sort of like the main character, but it, yeah. it moves around a fair yeah. bit. Yeah, and so like it's, oh, her, her husband Harry was a meticulous planner and he is... Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, right. And so he is like the next plan and his book was this one, let's do this one. So I mean, the idea that they're following a step-by-step instructional guide and they're all amateurs and they've never done this before is... It makes it kind of pretty pretty clear to me, at least, that the whole point wasn't the heist. Like, it's sure it is, but like, nah. it's not what you're supposed to be getting out of it. In the same way as like an Ocean's Eleven film, for example, is like, like, oh my god, I can't believe that anyone would think of this. It's like, well, yeah. sure, you can, you can be that impressed, but at the same time, like, these people are just reading from a book, so who cares? Ocean's Eleven is like, oh, how imagine imagine a man who's able to maneuver his way through anything, and he all he does is like grift people and and you know trick people and yeah. and like. He gets his crew together and he's like the mastermind behind it. That's not how this works at all. It's like a very... Someone is left with a sort of pretty good set of instructions and they sort of need to learn how to follow those instructions and also like struggle with a lot of the pressure that's coming as a result of 
the life that their husband was in, and and yeah. yeah so and so like that's I think that's the most that's the most interesting part of the movie is like for example they have to go and get guns. So one of them like has to go to a gun show and buy three Glocks. And she's like and never never done that. Or probably whatever. never held a gun before. Yeah, and like one of them has to go and like buy a getaway car and yep. they have to like learn how to shoot and that kind of shit. Yeah, all, all sorts of different stuff about the high set. It isn't interesting to go into all the details of. But the point is they've never done it before, and the whole movie is interesting in the way that it sort of shows you them learning how to do it and coming to grips with it. And because they're sort of doing it out of necessity, I think I hadn't really properly watched the trailer because I don't try to watch trailers that much. Yeah. But the trailer I had given, I had been given the impression that this movie was like, let's like finish this heist for the, for the honor of our husbands. It's not that. It's like no. they all desperately need money or definitely want money for whatever reason, and it's like this is the best thing that can come up with on short notice. And, and to be honest, all of the marketing around this film was very much focused on like appealing to as many people as possible, obviously. But, like, <laughs> but what, the way that it chose to do that was by marketing it as a sort of semi-action heist film. And yeah. that is just not what this was at all. Not really, It no. was very much a slow burn, excellent drama. Yeah. Surrounding a like about a heist, heist. Yeah. yeah. In the same way as like Gravity is like a disaster movie, but it's set in space. It's yeah. not like a space movie. Uh, one one interesting thing that I wanted to note just before we launch into specific aspects of the film is that this yeah. was based on uh, a crime series, oh, with really? Widows, which was a British primetime TV drama series that was broadcast um, in. Uh, hang on, sorry. Yeah, it was like a six-part series um, that was broadcast in like 83 and 85. So it was <laughs> quite... Like, looking at the poster, it's very 80s. Yeah. Um, so it was quite old. But there's... I think it's interesting... <laughs> the 80s strike again. <laughs> that this movie... So this was created by Linda LaPlante who worked on uh, Prime Suspect, which is a yeah. very famous um, criminal television series. Um, and she kind of, yeah, had... Wrote... This is the original idea for this film. Uh, and then... Uh, the Steve McQueen version um, was kind of penned by him and Gillian Flynn, the writer for, for Gone Girl. Um, yeah. So they sort of had a lot of precedent to work with already. Yeah. And I think that that probably helped this be a really strong movie. And the fact that it was originally that kind of 12-part series maybe helped um, it be less of a one-trick pony heist movie and much more about that kind of like slow character development stuff, which it's all all for... Uh, all the better for. Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's definitely impressive that they managed to distill that down into like a one into one movie. Mm. Um, because yeah, you re you really do get the idea that it's like an epic movie with a whole bunch of different things happening in it, and all sorts of different independent relationship problems that each of the characters have in their own little world, and they yeah. all have their own little stories that play out. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so I think um, thinking about it more closely now, I think one of the the coolest bits of the whole movie was the intro sequence, which. Um, sort of cuts between this heist going wrong yeah. and like the couples individually having a little, little having little romantic moments at home or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it'll have like um Viola Davis in bed with Liam Neeson sort of kissing and um making gross fucking making mouth noises. Sweet, sweet love. And then it'll like oh, hard disgusting human <laughs> mouth noises. <man. laughs> and then it'll hard cut to like um Liam Neeson being shot or whatever in mm. this heist and the van swerving off the road and then like and it'll um, give you like 30 seconds of each yeah but it's a way of like introducing each man and their wife and the mm. kind of living situation they have so you see that one of them each is man being and each woman yeah, yeah right yeah um, <laughs> sorry yeah um, but then you, you see like um the idea that, I mean, so one of them is, like, really poor and is having problems that way. One of them is having, like, uh, 
domestic abuse problems at home, yep. and so they they have all these different different uh, problems that they introduce. They're very and different characters. The way yeah. in which they introduce them all and sort of get you emotionally invested and sort of tie the tragic accident like and juxtapose it with these ro- romantic moments that each of the husband and wives are having with each other. I think it really effectively like starts the movie and like conveys this relationship these relationships that they have to end yeah. within 2 minutes really effectively. Like yeah, I, think I think they could have made the mistake of like spending half an hour like showing all these up. people with yeah. their you know husbands husbands and wives together so that you feel sad when they die. But I feel like they really effectively set up the relationships and kill these men within like three minutes or whatever. Yeah. And I, I it also good. gives you a really strong sense of like the, the absolute uh, contrast between like what their lives are at home and what, yeah. they, what they do for money basically. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, you know, you're, you're, these people are wearing masks and getting shot at and like having to drive away from, yeah. from police officers and the, he- the chase scene is fucking hectic. It takes place mostly from the back of the van. Like the chase scene is really good. Camera. Um, and like you see kind of as they're running away and the camera's mounted on the back of a van, like there are cop cars like hitting other cars and flipping over and like big explosions that they're running away from. There are bullet holes like penetrating the glass in front of the camera and stuff. It's really, yeah, really cool. And then yeah. these other moments that are just like horribly quiet outside of those. Yeah, exactly. It's just and so a like conversation or whatever. the contrast yeah. between those scenes, they're sort of hard cutting mm. between makes it really effective, I think. Yeah. Um, very, very good intro scene. And I think that the way they set it up uh, was really effective and quick and rapid ironically the opposite of the length of time it's taken us to describe that scene <laughs> um yeah um and so then the rest of this so we said that like all the characters have their own motivations so i think uh one of them just wants money and she's kind of shallow like yeah. that the other one like wants money back to get the, the shop her shop back that her husband mm. lost um and then viola davis the main one her main reason and why she's kind of blackmailed these other women into like being involved in her heist with her. She's kind of strong uh, she's not, arming yeah, them. Like not in the beginning, but she's kind of like, well, you're fucked too, by the yeah, way. But in the beginning, they don't really want to and she's like the motivating force. Like yeah. she definitely feels more comfortable in sort of learning how to do these things and these other people are like, well, I'm a, you know, She's a hard pragmatist. Yeah, exactly. She's One of them's like, like well, sorry. I'm a single mom. Why, why, I've got nothing to do with this world. Why would yeah. I do that kind of thing? You know? Um, and she's like, because they know like the people who are pressuring me into this know who you are as well. And right. So yeah. like, after me, it's going to be you. Yeah. Basically. I, I definitely it's a bit of a blackmail kind of scene there. But the, the anyway, the the reason that she is yeah, being yeah, okay. yeah. So the reason why she is being so like heavily all in on it is that there's this like political race yeah, for so there's a local election that's going yeah. on in the background between uh two guys. One Colin of Farrell. Colin Farrell and his, I don't remember the other guy. But the other guy has like a lackey that was What the fuck his character name is. Yeah. Um, bad, okay. Her point is yeah. Colin so Farrell Colin is Farrell. like the legit guy, but he comes from like this long line oh. of like he's it's, you know he's it's kind basically of Republicans and Democrats, Republican-y, white nationalisty yeah, sort a of piece of shit Republican sort of people. But like his 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 dad was Jack, so his name's Jack right. Mulligan, and it's not a mayor. It's not like the mayor, but it's basically like the mayor no, or something. Yeah. But in a system that we don't understand, it's a like, state level politician. His dad was this mayor thing. His dad before that was this mayor thing, and so he's like, it's wants to carry on the family dynasty and sort of yeah. get elected like that. And his and, father is like some ancient piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. And then the opposing team is this kind of 
street gang. Jamal Manning and right. his brother Jatemi or Jatem Manning. Yeah, right. So Jamal so and Jatem Manning. Manning is played by Brian Henry. Yeah. Um, who was in was very familiar, but I can't remember what he was in. Um, but he was really great. Yeah, and and so Jamal and well, the Manning brothers, they are like violent street thug, yeah. street gang. Well, his brother's played by Daniel Kaluuya, who was in Get Out. That's right? who I was trying yeah. to think of, right? Yeah. And so they are not legit either. And so it's both these sides who are like both up to dirty tricks in order to win the this election. The election but yeah. these these two Manning brothers, they're like actual criminals. And yeah. Viola Davis's now dead husband. Liam stole Neeson's like character. Liam Neeson stole a whole shit ton of money from these guys and now he's dead and they have come to Viola Davis to collect on and it. And the money burnt up in the accident. Right, so that's it's what not it was. Just so that that's hidden the money. That's the accident that, the that we just is, saw. The money is gone. Yeah. And so they come to her basically being like, Look, I know the money's gone, but your husband sold two million dollars from us, yeah. so you have like a month to get it to us, or yeah, we're gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, exactly. And if you need to sell your house or kill someone else, I don't care, but yeah, yep, that's your but, so, but it, thing. And so I think one of the most interesting things about the movie is where it kind of drives down to like the base level selfishness of all these characters because Viola Davis, it really, and the the criminal dude like says at the time, like the guy that like comes to her house with a strong arm Manning, and be like, you owe me $2 million now, lady. Like, come on, where's my money? Get, pay it back, pay me back in a month or else. Um, he's like, you live in this big, nice house. It's like, yeah, she could definitely afford to sell some shit. And yeah. like get the money, I think, but she has this like base level selfishness that means that like she wants to keep that lifestyle. Well, at at a point later in the movie, she also says like, "I don't own anything. I sleep in that house, but I don't own it." And like, I got the feeling that yeah. she didn't necessarily have the option. And I think right. the point of this, so they're talking about like multiple millions of dollars. I think kind of the point um, is that she could sell it, and it still wouldn't be enough. Right. Like, okay. This is just an unreachable amount of money. In yeah. her current circumstance. Right, okay, right. And she's like the most well off of any of them. Yeah. So they all definitely couldn't, yeah, couldn't right. really match. And so she has to come up with like unfa- some unfathomable amount of money. Mm. And she's like, oh, I'll give you a cut of whatever we come up with if you guys help me with this heist. And that's the movie. Yeah. Um, but then, so, but the other like local election politics type side plots that come out throughout the whole movie are really interesting as well. So Colin yeah, right. Farrell's really good. And you get to see like his relationship with his father and that play out and his father being a lot more radical than Colin Farrell necessarily wants to be. Like Colin Farrell definitely seems like Not he's radical, trying to at least. Like reactionary, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, like a conservative sorry, yeah, right. So, old, like, yeah. he, old old guys coming out with all this like racist, old, like right wing conservative conservative shit, and Colin Farrell at least tries to be like, Dad, shut the fuck up! I'm actually trying to do something less, yeah. a bit good. He's still everyone's a bit he, selfish like, in this Colin movie. Farrell's which I think a bad is the, guy, but he hates his dad, who's like yeah. an even worse guy. Yeah, right. And like everyone in this movie, there's no kind of like the moral compass of this film is very interesting because yeah. no one is without foible or even like really crime like well, no, no one's like definitely the good guy or definitely the bad guy yeah. so like even like the two thug uh street criminal like manning brothers i don't think they're like i think that's they're they're a lot more prestigious in their community than that they're, okay, they're right, like yeah. they're like grassroots organizers you're right so they, they appear yeah sorry yeah but that's they right. engage in they, like they appear behavior. really good grassroots trying to do something great for the community on the outside. And they but grew then, up in that community. But yeah. we get, like, these little windows into their private life where, like, one of them just straight up fucking shoots a guy, another one, like, beats a guy to death. Like, yeah. you, you see, like, these brutal scenes of, like, murder and assault. We're yeah, like, oh, these, these guys have this, like, fucked gang going. The point is that, like, even they, who we watch do all this really violent, brutal shit, mm. um, are also kind of 
at the heart of it, doing it for the good of their community. And they're these two brothers that maybe grew up poor in this poor area of the community that are trying to become elected and trying to do something good for the city. So like D- Daniel Kaluuya yeah. as a sorry, just jumping back. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good way to summarize. But I was just incredibly impressed by by Kaluuya's performance. He's so he good. He's been in a whole bunch a of shit recently. Right, like he plays. Um, his brother, so that they're they're the two brothers, and he kind of plays the, the quiet, um, like gopher almost, yeah. but but like the, the fixer. He's like, yeah. if if Jamal's like, I need you to go and take care of this fucking guy. He's like, yeah, yeah cool. But the way that he does it is like horrifyingly casual, always. Yeah. But he's he's not like, I got I got like sort of subtle vibes of um, who's a dude in Reservoir Dogs that cuts a guy's ear off. That yeah, guy, you that know, guy, like that, yeah. that kind of like, he's like that loud, like, hey, how you doing? While he's like f- torturing you. Psychopath. He's like become so like disaffected by everything. Yeah. But yeah. he's like a little quieter, like more toned back, more paired back than that, where he's sort of aware of what he's doing, but he's like, hey man, I just, I got to do this to you. Yeah. But then less sympathetic than that, where he's like, yeah, look, um, if you don't <laughs> tell me where this thing is, I'm, I'm gonna stab well, you slowly in the eye so like, like there's a scene where they go in to beat up a guy and he like knocks on the door and the guy sees me like oh fuck it lets him in Daniel Kaluuya goes and sits down on the couch and turns on the TV and watches football as like seven of the biggest musliest dudes yeah. you've ever seen walk in and the shot is just Daniel Kaluuya watching football and they like, the volume up to cover yeah, the noise of these dudes as you like hear off camera this guy being beat having the shit beaten out of him by like eight people or yeah. whatever yeah yeah, um, it's fucking great. I think getting that, like that moral gray area between other characters is really interesting. I thought yeah. just the idea that like every single character had something real, something fundamentally kind of honorable or at least good that they were trying to do. Yeah, and it's really also bad. And the idea that like our, our main characters, the women that are doing this heist, are probably the ones that are like unquestionably the ones that are most yeah. in the wrong. Yeah, like they're just out it's for like themselves. They've been wronged, but also, um, yeah, are not by by no means are virtuous. You know, yeah, yeah, really interesting. So I was gonna, I, I want to talk a little bit about a few of the really strong aspects of the film that I liked. Yeah, um, I d- actually don't have too much criticism. <laughs> so what I was gonna say is like, we'll talk a bit about that, and then I wouldn't mind just discussing kind of some of the spoilery bits of the movie yeah, to tie sure. up. I think because um, this has this movie has a really interesting plot arc. Yeah. Um, so I was gonna say, um, number one notable thing about this. Uh, is and one of the reasons why I was so fucking impressed by this movie was that everyone's performance is infallible. Like I thought they were. I thought this was one of the. I thought this was one of the best made movies that I've seen this year. Oh really? Um, I thought that the uh, performances and the dialogue were and the script in general was excellent. The pacing of the film was brilliant. There was some really cool editing work and cinematographic work done with like extended shots. I don't know. There's a scene where um. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character is kind of uh, torturing, not not actually torturing, but like um, painfully keeping these two young teenagers in, or like young gang members in this basketball court indoors. And um, he's like messing the way with that them. He's fucking around with them, yeah. Yeah. And he like he they heard them rapping earlier. That's how they kind of found where they were. And so he's like, okay, you guys are rapping. Like, oh, cool, yeah, rap oh, for fucking me. Fucking cool, rap. And then he's like. I'm not joking, rapper, I'll kill you. And then they start doing it. And the way that they, it's so, like, they're so uncomfortable and tentative and, like, one of them stammers, but he's trying to keep the beat that this other guy's giving him. And 
Daniel Kaluuya is like up in their fucking face the whole time. This is one take. Yeah. And it circles around them, like just spins around that group of three people while they're interacting with each other in that way. One of them's rapping constantly. The other one's giving a beat constantly. Daniel Kaluuya's fucking with them constantly. And it does this like big long take throughout the whole thing. And then like something happens. One of them ends up just piss bolting out of the building and Daniel Kaluuya's just kind of standing there afterwards. And I realized after that was done, it was like, that was one take. Yeah. One take. And like, spoiler alert, there are blood packs involved in that scene. <laughs> so every time they had to, I don't know if that was like a, a first take, but yeah. they, that would have been such a fucking pain to read. To have to read Every you, single yeah. time. So <laughs> I was just, and there were multiple scenes like that yeah. in this where it's just like, man, I think that was, that had to be like the first or second go because you just don't have time to try that again and again and again. Yeah. And, um. And people just nailed it. Every character in this was great. Viola yeah. Davis, if anything, in my opinion, was the weakest actor. Um, but I just, having yeah. seen her in um, How to Get Away with Murder, I'm, I'm not super <laughs> impressed with her as an as an actor. But I think she still did a pretty good job. I don't have any um, strong feelings either way. Something yeah. I think that's really interesting about long takes, and maybe it's obvious, like, 10th tenth grade bullshit or whatever, but I think it's interesting as someone pointed out to me, just the idea that, like, the act of making there be no cut in a scene builds suspense in itself. Oh, absolutely. And, like, just the idea, like, not in, like, a conscious, like, oh, my God, this is one take kind of way, but just, just like, without even thinking, just, like, there never being a take and the camera constantly being, like, restless and, like, I think the it scene going you. on and on and on. There's this amount of space you get in a scene mm. um, and it's immersive and it's particularly in, like, a suspenseful scene. It just immerse it builds the suspense even more and more and yeah. more so that when you finally get like a, a hard cut somehow um, it really breaks the tension and you sort of go oh yeah I love long takes yeah, movies that's really one of cool. the in my opinion one of the best things that's happened to cinema in the past like five or ten years is that there's been this big resurgence against like short <laughs> quick editing rapid bursts Yeah, and they've they've gone no 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 we're gonna do like you know that true detective 14 minute take I don't know if that sort of like was revolutionary when I don't even remember that. Is that, 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 is that a thing? Yeah, yeah the first scene in the first episode of True Detective is, or maybe it's not the first scene, but it's like one of the scenes where they well, do, they do a raid through these houses and McConaughey's like going from house to house. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, like yeah, all yeah. one take. It goes for like eight minutes or whatever. Yeah. And um, that was famous at the time because it was like, how do you coordinate that many people to, and, and you're right, it does exactly what it's, what you said, where it just, it, it makes you feel so stressed and tense um, because and you, it's, sometimes you no don't even notice why break yeah. there's just never a break none of the character doesn't get a break on screen they don't get to reset they're yeah. there the whole time you see every single movement that they're making and you're pulled along with them every single time I oh, think that's it's why it's such a subtle effect so because good. often people won't notice it's one take yeah, until exactly. the scene's over and you go jeez yeah, why I'm, did that scene I often yeah. kind of think like <laughs> fuck they haven't cut in ages so yeah, yeah um, and it's often when I'm getting to the stage where I'm like Jesus, this is tense. And yeah. I'm like, why is it tense? Yeah, it's because I have a cut. So the editing it was also really great. Um, there were particular moments um, of performance. Uh, uh, Viola Davis has a breakdown that I thought was really great at one point. Uh, Alice, who's the tall blonde character played by Elizabeth Debicki, um, plays quite a good uh, kind of initially sort of often pigeonholed into just being like the vapid blonde character, but it's yeah. not. And it, like at one point in the film actually says to someone, she's like, I'm not fucking stupid. Like, I know you think I'm dumb. Yeah. I'm not. I'm actually like, <laughs> yeah. give me the thing to do. I'm not stupid. And like, it's kind of a really interesting, like overt criticism of people who instantly kind of like disregard like tall, attractive women who are blonde or whatever. Yeah. Um, as just like, being Barbies. And I thought she was really good in it as well. She was really great. She was one of, definitely one of the strongest performances. I really liked her. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I guess I just had almost, I was, I walked away from this movie thinking like, I, I don't think there's any particular aspect of it where I would say, ah, that wasn't great. Like I think, um, the sound was brilliant, the editing and the, and the, um, uh, performances and the dialogue and the scripting was all just really great. That's why I'm, I'm saying it's so, I felt like it was the best assembled, maybe the best assembled film I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, I definitely think there was, um, there was a scene, and I don't, I don't remember specifically what it is, but I remember the idea that there was some scene where they had to do like the, the "I'm in" kind of speech, and that wasn't very convincing. I don't think just the way that she sort of like convinced these people to even like join her heist in the first place. Oh, I do. I didn't think it was particularly maybe, convincing. Maybe right. There was one. They didn't require nearly enough. No, persuasion. like just the idea that like literally one of them is like a, a stay-at-home mom that's never done this mm. before, and one of them was just like, I mean, the rich girl doesn't seem like she'd done anything to do with any of this type of shit before yeah um just there that it was so out wildly outside of their comfort zone and so like in the real world it would be so ridiculous to be like let's go like maybe kill some people maybe like steal some things maybe yeah. like endanger our whole lives and fuck up all our children's lives as well yeah um i didn't think that that was that, like took like nearly enough convincing i think that can be and like i don't i don't usually like doing this so i i do agree to an extent yeah. that that was Maybe the weakest point in the movie. Yeah, um, it wasn't even particularly weak, by the way. But yeah, you're right. I just sort of like and um, it, the sort of whatever it was, the speech where the she was like, "No, you should do this heist for this reason and this reason." It took like two minutes, and they were like, "Oh yeah, no, okay, I'm in." I'm yeah, like, no, what? They, they were they weren't even begrudging. They were like, yeah. confident. But yeah. I think you could hand wave that away by saying like, either these people have been, excuse me, either these people have been like so disenfranchised by their society that they're just like, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. Let's do something different. But also the fact that when they're talking in that initial stage, you forget that they they don't necessarily, they're not 100% committed to it at that point in time. Like, yeah. They're not doing it yet. So it might just be kind of interesting and fun, like in a, in a backwards way. And they're like, yeah, okay, let's see where this goes. Right, know? okay. Like They're not actually committing to anything. It's just a yeah, lady being like, let's go a buy a gun and yeah. buy a van. Well, even then, yeah. initially, it wasn't anything like that. It was yeah. like, we got to sit down and plan something. Right, and yeah, they're okay, like, fine. Yeah, okay, I'm not going to walk away. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm here, whatever. Yeah, yeah okay, and okay, also, okay, it's fine. like part of the grieving process. I don't yeah. know. Maybe trying to get closure about their husbands and what they did. Maybe so that's what it is. There's and a lot of reasons why it could be, but I agree that I did, I remember noticing that wasn't Well, it just struck me in the moment, because I definitely remember being like, right, well, the one thing that's going to be weird about this movie is how they're going to convince these normal people to do criminal <laughs> shit and they just sort of oh it's just not yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. but I did forget about it very far so um, it certainly isn't something that sticks around I guess yeah um, <laughs> something yeah. I noticed about this film and like I hadn't really um, <laughs> little little things I've got at the end here I hadn't really like um, thought about the idea that I don't really know Chicago very much until I started recognizing shots in the movie from the Blues Brothers. Oh yeah, there's this sure. really famous shot uh, scene in the Blues Brothers where they crash like eight. It's like eighty actual police cars that the, <laughs> that the film had to like buy and ruin for this car chase, nice. um, where you literally see like a pile of eighty police cars or whatever, yeah. um, and the scene where the black kid in the red sports car is like driving under the bridge. There's, oh, like, yeah, there's like an right. exact scene like that where the Blues Brothers are chasing away and I'm like, oh, I've seen that bridge. And that was cool. What's the um, other movie where someone like causes a car accident to sacrifice themselves in like a really nice car? They're like, <laughs> they're like, I don't remember. Have a, is it Batman where he like saves her? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's Dark Knight. Okay. And he drives the, he doesn't take the Batmobile. He like takes his normal car and like rams into the car that, um, 
Joker's in or, or something. No, I don't remember. Time. Sorry. No, I think there's this, I, I just remember under that bridge, there's like a scene with right, like, okay. a bridge with heaps of pillars under it. Yeah. That side note. Maybe that, that is the same bridge as in Batman. That'd be, that'd be crazy. That, um, that fucking shooting scene. So there's a, a scene where with a police shooting. Yeah. That was the most realistic and horrifying police shooting scene I've ever. Oh, it was absolutely. It, it, it was fucked. crippling. Really yeah. devastating. It, it, like, uh, it, it was, was so shocking. It was like a character goes for like their license in their glove box and the policeman's like, gun, 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 and kills the kid. Because like, he's right like a young black dude. Yeah. And two, and two white cops just like fucking shoot him straight away. Yeah, that felt like really on the nose, but also really powerful as well. I don't I think re- it was I really even on the it. nose. So, I think it was yeah. just so like... Really poignant. Yeah, and, yeah. and like just, it showed how quick and easy it was for them. And like yeah. how, it, and, and you get like this inkling of like, oh, I understand how they can make that mistake, but also it should never have been at that stage where they had a gun yeah. out at that point in time. Like fucking hell. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it made me really <laughs> angry and disappointed. Yeah. So like getting to like, okay, I guess that's the end of the non-spoilery discussion. I would yeah. strongly recommend going to see this film. I, I think really it's really good. It. I it's, also want I people to keep... one of the best heist movies yeah. I've ever seen. I also want people to keep listening to the uh, end of the episode. So I'm going to try a new thing in this episode. Yeah. I'm going to say that I, because <laughs> I'm editing this one, I am going to work out when the spoilers for Widows stop and I'm going to put it in the description for this episode. Okay. So um, obviously we don't know how long we're going to talk about whatever spoilers it is, but if you open up the description, hopefully I will have been bothered to look at the write down of time codes if you skip to that time code there'll be no more spoilers for widows okay cool yeah, right, yeah? yeah that sounds like a good great idea. cool and you can get our news you can hear what we say about overlord and all that so don't just have a whole bunch of beef station episodes half listened to or something I what know. i was gonna say is i don't have too much to talk about because I, I think that most of what we talked about is relevant yeah. in the last sections of the film but welcome for those who have seen the end of the movie it's our little widow's sealed it. section or the people that don't sealed. care let's be honest <laughs> um and uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't uh, like. There are multiple twists in this movie. Yeah. Um, but the biggest one of which is is uh, obviously the twist about Liam Neeson still being alive. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't think we even really clearly said that Liam. I oh, suppose we did. Liam Neeson was supposed yeah, to be dead died. the whole time. Right. All the husbands died. Liam Neeson's Viola Davis's husband, and he was actually psych still alive the whole time. And then, in addition to still being alive, because you're initially fed that he's still alive, and then yeah. you're fed that he orchestrated the whole thing. Right. So like. I didn't pick either of those twists and was genuinely shocked the first I, time when the there's yeah. the dog is like scratching on the door. Up till that point, when she saw the flask on the fucking table, I was I don't know if you remember. Or yeah, not, yeah, but yeah. Like the dog sees. Uh, she's the in some. She's in like some she's other another, woman's. She's a, we can one say, of the other uh, wives', wives house, yeah. and, and Liam Neeson's flask is on the table. Yeah, and her dog is like scratching at this door, and like she sees the flask on the table, and she just doesn't open the door. Up until that point, I was still like, "Oh, there must be like his jacket or something in that room." Or such yeah, shit. no and idea. Then, so um, the other woman who's in Fargo, which is the reason I'm trying to right, find okay. who it was. Oh, by the way, um, Jackie Weaver. Jackie Weaver. Jackie was in the movie. Weaver yeah. was in the movie, and they didn't have a fucking Australian accent. Yeah, and what, what uh, one of the I was actually going to mention Jackie, Jackie Weaver, Weaver because the idea of like seeing the personal lives behind these criminals really reminded me of Animal Kingdom, which is a oh, great yeah. Australian film about so criminals. We've talked about Animal Kingdom on this. Yeah, movie. really cool film. And Jackie Weaver's the, the matriarch yes, that's star Alice's of that mom. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's really good, but they give her an American accent. Yeah. Which I think, like, Alice just could have been Australian. She could have been, like, Australian yeah, Polish or some shit. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that would have been too many nationalities for an American yeah, I mean, movie. But I thought it was fine anyway. if she was American Polish, anyway. whatever it was. Um, I really like that reveal that Liam Neeson was still alive. It was the so idea good that, like, he's just sitting Viola there in Dav- the room. The dog is scratching at this door. Viola Davis knows that he's behind the door and doesn't look. And then she sort of cries and is, like, walk- driving away in her car. And yeah. then the camera, like, zooms, like, through the door and you see Liam yeah, Neeson, Carrie like, Coon. sitting behind the door. And it's like a cupboard. 
Yeah. Was, as if he was waiting for her to open the door the whole time and she just never did. Yeah. Um, so Carrie Coon, who who is in the uh, season two or three of Fargo as the main character, and sure. she is fantastic. Yeah. She um, was barely I in was this movie. I was really yeah, happy but... to see her in this, but yeah, yeah, she's very quick. She's also in Gone Girl as the sister. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, um, she's great. And yeah, uh, and yeah so... That that was uh, an an awesome. Yeah, movie. I uh, I really liked the uh, way it showed the twist of the heist not going how you thought it did. Yeah, that's like a cool bit, like they do in Ocean's Eleven a lot, where like and it oh, wasn't they show you the same, excuse the same me, they thing. show you the same scene but from a different perspective. Like oh, actually they were doing this, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I kind of did feel the whole time like Liam Neeson being alive was completely unnecessary. And I, I thought it was a bit of a crock of shit. Well, it was like the idea that like well there's there was no need for him to be alive. Like who cares? Like the only like, I just didn't the point see is, how there was the... the he so wasn't in the movie. There was, wasn't a point to him being think, alive at all. I, I think the I think there is a point. I think the point is that the whole movie, Viola Davis has just been crushed under the thumb of like a society that she hasn't right. been a part of. And then what, what she finds out, because she was like, oh, I've, you know, like I lost him. I yeah. lost him, I lost him, I lost him. And then after it's revealed that he's still alive, she's like, oh, I didn't lose him. He fucking left. Yeah. And he just absolutely abandoned me and that's why like that scene in the garage that they have where he's yelling at her and he's like um it really came down to the fact that our kid died and we just couldn't fix it and we didn't like there was you know the the love was gone the relationship was different and i couldn't save i couldn't save it i couldn't save us i couldn't save him i had to save me and i just didn't buy that at all i thought like no you're a selfish fucking asshole yeah like she's she feels that way too she's like no you're a coward like how could you how could you do that well yeah obviously because what (laughs) he he faked his own death stole millions of dollars and killed his friends like it's not it's not a very hot take to be like liam neeson's in the wrong he's like well yeah obviously he is yeah no but it's about how in the wrong he is and just like the level of his selfishness it's one thing being a criminal and stealing from like a politician and whatever and like yeah that's people's money or whatever but um but it's a whole nother level to then want to get out of that by leaving it on the woman who loves you yeah leaving her to bear all the consequences and deal with every single repercussion of your action and just try and escape not only that but to be assumedly cheating on her at the same time like there's just so many he's just he's chosen to just blow up yeah, and, and maybe that was just the idea that I just didn't like his motivations there or whatever. I just right. it just felt like him being alive just created this whole other sudden character arc and subplot right at the end of the movie. Where I was like, well, who, I don't really care See, about. I, I started you know? to think. I, I started to think. I was like, fuck, was that signposted at all? Like that just came so out of the blue. But they they talked multiple times during the film about how he's not careless and how he never makes yeah. mistakes. Yeah, and so I kind of saw that as them being like. He never fucked up. He never fucks up. Yeah. You have to understand this thing about this character is he never fucks up. Right, yeah. And then she was like, yeah, I guess he fucked up once. And it's like, no, he didn't. He never fucks <laughs> he up. He never fucks up. And yeah. so, I don't know, I thought that, I actually, I was initially like, was that? And then I was like, oh, no. They made it pretty yeah. clear. Like, that was his, his character was characterized by not making mistakes. Yeah. So, I thought it was great. Despite my skepticism, I still think it was a really good movie. Is that the end of our, our uh, sealed I'm section? I'm done with it. Yeah, I just, cool, I, was, I thought the payoff um, in this film was great. Every aspect of this film I really liked. This is actually one of my favorites this year. Yeah, right. Really um, well, yeah. well, Welcome back from uh, the spoiler section. Oh, yeah. I hope it was good. I hope, uh, <laughs> did, you, did you pause and if you watched go, it? Yeah. go have a little break and then come back? Um, 
Or did you... <laughs> oh man, yeah. Welcome, welcome back after like a week. Yeah, yeah, I assume yeah. that most people are just skipping that bit. Or did you um, greedy little bastards go and watch Overlord? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I think that Widows is definitely worth seeing. Yeah, I think absolutely. that it's... especially if you wanted something better out of Ocean's Eight. Yeah, something better, better out of a drama. Even though I think... it's not going for the same thing, this was a vastly better movie that yeah. really had. Just as many upsides. That's actually a great better than worse than then. This uh, was the official beef station better than worse than. It's better than Ocean's, Ocean's 8. 8, worse than Gone Girl. Yeah, I mean, I would almost rank it equally to Gone Girl because there were parts of this that I liked oh, man, a lot no. better. I thought I really that the antagonist liked... wife character in Gone Girl was just so good that um, it's like unparalleled. She was, and I think it's hard to find... Uh, now that I'm a little more aware of a lot of the socio-political issues that this film grapples with, I felt that I enjoyed that a lot more because it was just, it had a lot more social commentary going in it than yeah. Gone Girl does. And there were loads of little subplots that we haven't even mentioned. Like yeah, every yeah, yeah. character has their own own character arcs within the film that are really great and fascinating and to watch. And dovetail really well. Yeah, and they yeah. sort of really tying together and sort of like uh, explain <laughs> explain their own skepticisms and, and like... Uh, trepidation about why they might not be wanting to be involved with the heist yeah um it's, it's really worth seeing and it's i think great. it's i think it's a good movie really you don't great. necessarily have to see it on the big screen especially from the perspective by the way of like um them being female characters yeah like, exactly. i've talked a little bit about this before but this was an excellent fucking movie in terms of like how to write women i think right at least because um <laughs> they were never... work white dudes well they good. were yeah well they, they were never like um, it, they were their womanhood wasn't skimmed over, or uh, no, nor was it viewed as an obstacle. In fact, yeah. at one point, it's genuinely overtly looked at as a strength. Yeah. Um, especially because people tend to uh, misvalue them when they are women, as opposed to if they were men, where they would instantly be assumed to be something else. Like they said, like our greatest so, advantage is that everyone's going to assume yeah, right. we're never going to try yeah. this. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think it's definitely so really, really, really that's, strong. That's what we've got on Widows. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, we might have a little bit of time to talk about Over- Overlord yeah, so really quick. I, I'm I'm okay with devoting a little more time in this episode to Widows because I feel like Overlord is just a generally much much less <laughs> substantive movie. Big dumb movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was a fucking video game movie, dude. Hell yeah. Uh, um, so the first, so if if you don't know, Overlord, watch the trailer. It's great. Um, Overlord. Overlord is uh, DLC for a video game series called <laughs> Wolfenstein. Yeah. So the idea behind Overlord Holy is shit. there is a, like a paratrooper regiment that are being sent into some, they're going to parachute into some small town in France where the Nazis have taken over and they have installed a radio broadcasting tower on the roof of some church. And those bastards. Our American heroes have to break into the church and lay explosives with this grizzled explosives expert. Played by um, Wyatt Russell. He was great. Who is um, a very fucking American actor. Yeah, exactly. He um, was also in something else. Right? They have to like provide backup fire while their explosives expert like sneaks into the church, lays the explosives, destroys the radio tower so that the... Um, Boys in the planes and the boats can so they can't coordinate a counter strike for the landing on a beach. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so there's going to be a landing on a beach with planes and boats and shit. And if they don't destroy oh. this radio tower, um, then all the boys in the planes that are about to go land on the beach are about to be gunned down and be they're going to be killed. And so that's the idea. Then the, the twist is. And it's, this is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. Um, <laughs> that these Nazis have... I think that's why most yeah. people's asses are in the seats in the cinema. <laughs> these Nazis that are in this town, the whole church has been 
converted into like a secret science lab where this German crazy scientist has worked out a way so of making I can't like believe it's not Nazi Mangala. Nazi super soldiers. Zombies. Zombies. Nazi what did I say? I said Nazi, sorry. Um zombie Nazi zombie super soldiers. Yeah. Um and so like there's loads of scenes of like, you know, villages being turned into zombies and like being burned with flamethrowers and shit. Oh, fuck. And like all your classic Nazi zombie tropes. It's just incredible, really. And it was absolutely the most amount of fun I've had in a movie in a long time. Just um unbelievably self aware. Yeah. And stupid. Actually, though, the first thing that I thought I saw when it, I the first thing I was reminded of when I saw this movie's trailer was Iron Sky, which is a movie, a movie that came out I think in 2012. I remember because I watched it on oh, my yeah, yeah. on my gap year in Germany. <laughs> about um, so Iron Sky is one that uses like Nazis as like a comic punchline. Like, oh my god, imagine if we were using Nazis like this. Right. Um, and I don't think that Overlord does that. I think that Overlord no. is a bit. A bit ridiculous, but tonally, it's like a serious, fun action movie, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, whereas Iron Sky, for example, um, is set in the modern day, and it's all about, um, oh, what if, like, at the end of World War Two, as, like, a last-ditch effort, the Nazis sent up a rocket to the dark side of the moon. Um, they've been waiting there and watching us on the dark side of the moon for the last 70 years. They've now set up, like, a moon base and a colony of na- dark side of the moon zombie Nazis on the moon yeah, and now they come back to Earth in giant like UFO Nazi ships to take over the planet and so like that's like ridiculous and that's like using Nazis as a punchline which I don't mind but it was kind of a shitty movie <laughs> yeah. and like um, I think that the way that Overlord does it was more entertaining oh it was very entertaining and like it kind of felt of like the... a first person shooter in a, yeah in I was just going to say like um, so actually you know in an interesting little video game yeah. confluence um, the explosives expert that you talked about, uh, played by Wyatt Roy. Wyatt yeah. Roy was in an episode of Black Mirror called Playtest, which is where he uh, is the subject of a um, virtual reality computer game, um, which is about like an AI that machine learns from your fears and puts you in a haunted house. Oh, absolutely! Fuck that. Generates it generates. Uh, phenomena <laughs> based on what it's learning is scaring you more. I'm already terrified so, of AI as it is. Oh god, dude, don't watch that episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking, it's, it's, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, something Christ. I noticed immediately in this, so the film starts with oh, the plane. Like, all of yeah. it, just in more, again, like with, with general stuff, like yeah. a video game. Um, the the village that they get to that the most yeah. of the movie happens in feels like it, it doesn't feel like a real European village. It feels no. like a video game map. So there's like yeah. eight or nine houses. There's a big town square area. <laughs> there's like walls in the middle of the town there's square like that are used for walls. cover. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's so video gamey. It's yeah. so video gamey. The movie, it, even though like at the co- way it's constructed, like it starts with a big action sequence. Um, it, so it starts like maybe the best twenty minutes of the movie. So good. It starts with it's all downhill from there and like. It starts in the most Medal of Honor fucking way. Yeah. Like, where, like, they're all they're on in a plane. The plane and, and they're getting to talk about how, like, you maggots some pieces of shit on the bottom of my boot. And, and they're like, that sergeant. Oh, do you reckon anything's going to happen? I think uh, things are going to happen. We're going to be fine, are we? Like, yeah. Uh, um, we're going to be fine. Son. That sergeant is yelling sounded exactly like I thought Brad Pitt from Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yeah. Um, and then all the sound in that opening he was 20 minutes. He's the guy in the movie. Yeah. Too. All the sound in that opening 20 minutes was fucking fantastic. Yeah, so what, all the sound effects, the way they mixed the music to swell up in so just the right good. places. Um, so what happens is 
Spoiler alert. The plane gets, the shot, plane down. gets shot down. And as then, like, yeah. as when they set foot in it, you knew it would. <laughs> and, um, and like, the but the way that they represented the plane being shot down visually was just, I'm rarely impressed by action sequences. Really this good. was like Mission Impossible 7 level action yeah. sequence. Because he, so the back of the plane gets shot off and it's like this fire, flaming inferno. But because the plane is still going forward or like starting to nosedive, it's sucking air backwards through the plane. And so like, this character is like clinging on and he looks back towards the back of the plane and it's like this, Inferno vortex that's like yeah. sucking him down towards. And then the, it. the longer they stay on this flaming plane, the more likely they are to survive the jump because the further the plane gets towards their actual target, and jump. underneath the flak as yeah. well, yeah. And so like he has to like crawl up towards the exit of the plane to jump out of it into the hell world, yeah. <laughs> you know. And <laughs> yeah, so right. like he jumps out, and they have this, and this is all in like again in one take, and like, obviously most of it's CGI, but it's very convincing. It's so good, man. Like where he jumps out of the plane and he's like tumbling over and over and over again and um uh he like the camera comes it like zooms right up to him and sort of sticks on his chest yeah and it's like following him as he is like swirling through the air and then he like pulls the chute and he falls into this lake and then he falls into the like he obviously sinks right to the bottom and so he has to like it's like I was imagining like my brain was going to like quick time event mode where I'm waiting <laughs> for the thing to pop up that's like press X to use your knife to cut your parachute ropes and you've got to like mash it because he's like frantically trying to cut it and yeah. swims to the surface. But that is like the first 10, 15 minutes of the film. And um, yeah, my uh, friend of the show, Zach and I uh, went to see this. Yeah. Well, so and he he and I was talking about it afterwards and I reckon but, this is the best 15 minutes. But of there the was movie. so many fantastic action sequences and like I said the sound though that whole bit was yeah, great well. like it builds suspense and then there are bits where it just totally cuts the sound away and all you can hear is the main character breathing. Right. Um I thought that like I said at the start of this little review here that it was like a big dumb movie. I don't think so. I think it was sincerely a really good action movie. <laughs> I mean, like a was, really good It was a it was a Dumb movie, it was dumb, but it wasn't bad. But like not, you know yeah. how there are some dumb movies yeah. that are fun because they're bad. It this is actively was. a great movie. Yeah. Like it's got, I mean, for what it's worth, it it's got well like made. it's got like eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, I would definitely thumbs up it. Like it was like a fucking a, enjoyable movie. You've just got to have good expectations when you go into it. Yeah, like you have to have the right. If you expect a war documentary. You're absolutely going to no. be disappointed. <laughs> exactly. Um, so well, also, it was directed by Julius Avery. Australian guy. Yeah, who grew up in Pemberton in WA and attended the Victorian College of Arts in Melbourne. Oh, there you so, go. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it's nice to get an Australian getting a bit of, bit of, bit of screen time. Well, it's really cool. Because like, I, I don't really know cool. if this movie is going to do well or not. And I really hope it does. Because, like, yeah, it's dumb. And yeah, the subject matter is fucking stupid. But it knows it. And it's very good for it. Yeah. Um, but, like, there are so many fantastic scenes. There's really good writing. Um, these are mild spoilers. I think it's worth seeing this film without knowing yeah. very much about it. Yeah, um, sure. So we head into some mild spoilers. The way they introduce like the personalities of the soldiers that have survived and are on the ground <laughs> and the way that they sort of like build up these... I mean, they're all kind of tropey There's kind of the characters. There's the best New York Italian guy. He's so <laughs> good. So and funny. I sincerely loved that New York Italian guy because I, th- I was I didn't... He didn't feel like a stereotype to me. To me, he felt like a real guy. Yeah. Um, and the way he was kind of cynical and hated everyone and kind of blamed everyone for the shit that was going wrong. Yeah, and the and way he, he like developed... always had a wisecrack but was sometimes just angry about it. Like, yeah. yeah. And he like develops a relationship with his small kid throughout the movie that I thought was really good. Yeah, played by um, John John Magaro. He was really good. Yeah. Um, oh, he I, was in the big short as Charlie. Oh, of course he was. Yeah, 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 yeah right. right. He's um, really fucking good. He's really good. Oh, man, cool. Because <laughs> I just thought he was a 40, 40s... <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. You think he's so a soldier. If you've seen the big short, he's one of the college kids that like, like ends up the getting short. in on yeah. the thing with... Um, 
uh, Christian. No, no, Brad Pitt. He's one of the dudes that predicts it in the the garage or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but. No, I thought one of the most effective scenes in the whole film was when they um, they just survived this firefight with Germans or whatever, and they're like walking through the forest, and this one guy is talking about like he's like writing shit down, like what are you doing? He talks about how he's going to write a book, and he's just some private in the army, but man, he's going to get back home and write a book because I reckon that like people are going to be interested in the sorts of experiences we have. Well, yeah, he steps on a landmine and is immediately immediately dead. killed. And I thought that was so cool because they spent like. They spent like a good like two, two or three, three minutes, minutes yeah. building up this guy's life, hopes, and dreams, and yeah. you just watch them like fight to like save each other's lives, and then he was immediately like dead. And I was really, oh, I was like, it's like sad about it, yeah, because I, I fucking love that guy. It, like they really, they gave him three minutes to make him like one of the most likable characters That's you've seen in the, the movie Italian so American far. Guy, not the, the no, he some, a different guy, but yeah, like, one of the most likable, fun, sympathetic kind of character depictions you've seen in the yeah. movie so far. And then they kill him straight away. And it's not it's I not done it really in a good. way that's super hammy either. It's not like it's, it's not like, like a, they're like, Hey buddy, what it wh- while we're just walking through this open field, why don't you tell me your greatest yeah, hopes? They and just dreams. sort of they're casually He's talking about it. Doing it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um I really thought I mean, it's not anywhere like near this like there's definitely a couple scenes that kinda remind me of Apocalypse Now a bit. Right yeah. at the very beginning there, when they're walking through the forest and there's like fire scapes in the background and there's like bodies, oh, silhouettes it, I, of bodies hanging from trees. It was echoing apocalypse um, now, yeah, a little bit of apocalypse sure. now type stuff. Which um, is impressive because what kind of fucking movie that's about Nazi zombies would you ever be able to say? That's what I mean. This kind of echoed apocalypse now. This film is this, way this more. Is punching so far above its weight. It's way more serious as a film and way higher quality as a film than you'd yeah. ever expect to be like, oh, it's a film about Nazi zombies. Like, yeah, it's a dumb Nazi zombie. Action movie, like it's but not it's a probably the best dumb Nazi zombie action yeah. movie that will ever be made. Like it's not a comedy. No. It's like an it's like a it has hard comic relief, action war yeah. movie, but it's like a fun action kind of thing. I yeah. thought it was great. Um the makeup is really good in this film, yeah, jumping way further ahead. All like yeah. the zombie makeup looks fantastic. Um it's gross. It's it's got because yeah. this is like sort of billed in some places as a horror movie, and it's not really. Um but in terms of like, it's got a bunch of jump scares in it, which I yeah. thought were the hammiest part of the movie. Like jump scares just are, are yeah. dated. Um, but uh, it takes a lot of uh, work from horror films and like moves it across because horror films notoriously are on top of that sort of like makeup shit. Like they need to be able to make human bodies look distorted and whatever. So yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't know if he had ex horror people working on this. Well, it kind of reminded me of the fly type makeup that we saw in yeah. um, <laughs> the fly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the Cronenberg type stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah particularly yeah. when you see like, the glimpse of. It was body um, horror stuff. Yeah. Sure. When you see the glimpse of like um, one of the characters like through an open crack in a door mm. um, and they're all like deformed and everything, that kind of looked yeah. at the fly type thing. At one point, thing. like one of the characters chances upon a woman talking, like, pleading for help and it's she's just her head <laughs> and yeah. then like he kind of pulls this sheet away and like it's just the head and the rest of the the body is like this metal tube coming out of its neck and then it's and, like, I a was, fucking broken was bloody horrifying. spine yeah it's gross yeah. Yeah. Um, really good makeup on this yeah crazy good and the effects were really excellent good I thought visual effects yeah. excellent practical effects in some parts absolutely um the whole film is just great. And it's, I feel like the rest of the movie is kind of like a heist. Like, they kind of get settled and make friends with some of the French people. Yeah. yeah, the French people in the village. And they're like, oh, well, this... It all takes place over the space of, like, a 12-hour period, mm-hmm. by the way. Because it's like, this landing on the beach is going to happen in 10 hours. And if we don't destroy that tower in the next 10 hours, all of the men on those planes that are in boats that are going to land on the beach are going to die. Yep. And so they really have this time pressure. And, um, yeah, they, they meet, like, Vill... French people in the village and yeah. they go and explore this and church the... and find this science lab and it's like a whole extra subplot 
Yeah, you're, no, you're totally right with the heist yeah. thing. I think that is. There's always that central objective of like at the end of the yeah. day, we're going to need to go in and blow up the radio tower. But the film always I feels like it's kind of real time, if you know what I mean. Like I think it's not, the, but it kind of feels like it is. No, it's yeah, really yeah, short. It's like a the very whole film, time scale. Yeah. in the we whole never, time like, of the film, takes like ten hours exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like some of the worst parts of the film were some of the surrounding characters. So like, there's the very stereotypical like blonde helper woman from the local village who speaks French and slowly warms to these characters. Yeah. There's also like the tall, imposing, bad Nazi dude. Yeah. Um, who is also played by someone famous. And uh, <laughs> other than that, but even then, I think because my brain was so... And uh, like, I play heaps of video games. Yeah. My brain absolutely was operating in not a movie place. <laughs> it was 100% operating in video game cutscene place. So mm. I, for some reason, I was... I, I totally forgave this movie of all of its stereotype yes yeah. and I was just like yeah cool fuck yeah I'm in yeah like let's let's go see what happens next you know um, and I it just meant that I was having fun the whole time and it, that tone never let up yeah um, no it's, it's it's so much fun and all the characters are really likable yeah and it was one of those things except where the you... uh, the demolition dude Wyatt Russell is just like <laughs> a fucking dick yeah but, but I they're likable in how much he's of a also dick like the superior officer yeah and exactly like the character was written in a it's way well, well that done. it was it was entertaining yeah. to watch him be a dick to these guys because he's like the the most experienced guy that they could possibly get to this explosive thing yeah. being left with four of the most inexperienced dickhead like, i feel like every time he was on screen i was like i can't wait to I hope that guy blows himself up. Yeah, exactly. Up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like he's been he's been left with three of the most incompetent idiots. Yeah, because and like he has to carry across this mission, people, and yeah. they're like, "Come on, can we just like go and like whatever?" Yeah, yeah. Um, Even some of the there's also like it just scrapes the surface of that. Um, uh, like, I I I I didn't sign up for this kind of shit. Where yeah. like some of the characters are like, when we did basic training, like you can even fucking kill an animal. Like how, like why are you? What are you doing here, man? Yeah, you're, you're gonna slow us down, and it's not because I'm holding anything against you, but like, you are just a normal fucking person. I've been to a war before. Yeah, you won't be able to do it if it comes down to it. And like, sorry, but you won't. And unless you change something about yourself, you're not gonna make it. And yeah, and that means we're not gonna make it. So it does. It doesn't try to make itself entirely about that it touches on it enough to make it kind of like character development and and yeah and then and moves, moves on to have more fun that's something subtle that i really thought this film did well and this is getting i don't know more into spoilery kind of territory the movie as we keep going go, go watch this movie if you get a chance go watch yeah. overlord uh, it shouldn't be top of your list but it definitely shouldn't be bottom and i feel like the story also there's no there's no like twists and turns in the story to the point where we're going to talk about the story and it ruins it it's a great experience no. to watch anyway it's and, and half watch... the point is getting all the sound and the visuals and everything right this is movie junk food but yeah. it's good movie junk food so I would watch it if you're it's in the mood for a movie that will not make you think at all but you want to watch big it's like blowy shooting movie organic celery and gourmet hummus yeah right junk food that's but good for you not baby. about at all um <laughs> Um, <laughs> Neither of those are junk food. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, you'll sit there and the, the, the homeless will say like, "Famous junk food contains organic celery, contains fifteen <laughs> servings," and you're like, "I don't think oh, so." Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you eat like you eat like a small army's worth of celery and hummus, and you're like, oh, no, "It's like lavash crackers and blue cheese." It's like you shouldn't yeah. be eating this yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're gonna eat so much of it, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. you're gonna enjoy every bite, and it's mm -hmm. bad for you, but you're not doing it all the time. So exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's good shit. Here at Beef Station, we we recommend only the best. I was thinking of doing like a wine and food comparison for every movie. So I'm, <laughs> I'm interested. In that. I'm glad we I'm glad we stuck with our ironclad, steadfast, better oh, than worse I'll than segment. Stick segments, with the so. the 
blue cheese and Lavosh for Overlord. <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm not going to go back and um, pull one out of my box. Is, is it like a comparison or is it like a perfect pairing type recommendation? Oh, no, that's a comparison, uh, but I'm happy to do a pairing. <laughs> do too. a pairing, yeah. yeah. Like this is a this is a Cheezles and Fanta kind of movie. Oh, this is absolutely like a um, bag, of, <laughs> bag of fucking peanut M&Ms you bought from the bar outside the fucking cinema movie. Hell this yeah. is a movie movie. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I, what I really like just uh, touching on like the, the character bit where like there was a scene at the start of the movie where like the main character is this like dumb private kid as like, he's a private in the army. Like you're never going to be able to, yeah, he's familiar, but I didn't really know. You're never going to be able to do this. And unless you man up, you're still not going to be successful. And I really liked the idea that like, it's not as if he suddenly became a badass. Like I was worried he would, he like kind of like lucked into accidentally saving the day. Yeah. Like I think the way he sneaks into the base is like, he's running away from a scary dog and just jumps on like the nearest van he sees, which is driving straight into the base. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that he lucked into it. Cause they definitely could have fallen into the trap of like, and then that guy became a badass in the space of three hours yeah, and no. he saved the day. And, it doesn't and I really like that they didn't yeah. really do that. Yeah. So apparently the main character in this was also in Fences, which is a movie that came out in 2016 about um, black culture uh, with Denzel Washington in it that I really wanted to see and didn't get a chance. He was also in 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 Mother 2017, which yeah. I also didn't get a chance to see but <laughs> want to. So yeah, yeah right. He's um he's an up and comer. Glad we got a chance to see Overlord. His name is um, Jovan Adepo. I don't really have heaps to say about Overlord. I thought it was no, really good that's fun. That's why I was happy spending more time yeah. on, on Widows. But like yeah, good fun. Seriously. Uh, if you go into it knowing what it is, yeah. I really enjoy it. It feels a lot like um, the kind of tone of Inglorious Bastards right. minus the Tarantino-y right. flair. That's a good comparison. If that makes sense. So I think in terms of a better than worse than, this is better than, um, let's say, uh, Doom. <laughs> like some of the old video yeah. game adaptations that have come out. Yeah, sure. Um, or like any of the, I've seen a bunch of the Resident Evil movies with Mila Jovovich, um, and this is better than any of them. Right, but it's worse than Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, sure. It sits nicely, nicely there in the middle. I yeah. think yeah. Um, really worth seeing, though. It's definitely more of the Inglorious Bastards side of things. It kind of feels like a video game yeah. movie. It's not a shit video and game just movie. It doesn't it's have genuinely... any of the names attached to it that yeah. you would think need would need to be there to give it that quality. That's what I mean. But it kind of maybe feels that like was yeah. Abrams. Maybe he just kind of like raised the bar enough and said like, oh, do this here and do that here and like let's do it. Make yeah. this character in this way or whatever so i don't know how much of an influence he had but um for sure uh i i think it definitely didn't do the film any harm yeah and um he's he's a really good director i like him a lot so hopefully he had some really good help no i think um, so but yeah this was a um, great, great movie right we're, we're running a little long boy do you want to just kick to the news and then we're done yeah i think so sweet beef bulletin um you haven't seen get out i thought get out was really good and jordan peele's kind of been on a a tear of doing a he whole has. bunch of horror movie related shit recently. Mm. Um, he signed on to do a whole bunch of producing of various horror type shit. He's doing this Lovecraft country movie and um, a reboot slash sequel for The Candyman, which is a horror thing yeah. that I'm not quite familiar with, but he's I've producing that as well. Okay. But uh, and he's also doing, um, he's overseeing like a revival of the Twilight Zone. I've always wanted to watch the original heard, Twilight that, Zone. I, that I had heard about. I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing a new version of that. Maybe we'll have to go back and watch some of the old episodes because apparently it's fantastic. The only man. connection I have to it is I've been on the Twilight Tower in uh, Florida. I didn't in, even know that was a thing. Well, apparently they're all little self condemned So every time I hear it explained to me, it kind of sounds to me like it's Black the Mirror. Tower of Terror. It kind of sounds to me like it's Black Mirror, right. but with little 
because they're all little self-contained weird little episodes. I like it was for like example, a cross between Black Mirror and Goosebumps. Where yeah, it, like, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Because they're all little horror things. Like yeah. for example, one of the <laughs> one of the shit episodes that was described <laughs> to me, which is why I don't mind spoiling it. Because <laughs> also it came out like the fifties or sixties. Yeah. Fuck you. It was like they're there's like a there's like a soldier and a sailor and something else and they're all trying to get home or whatever or they're all trying to do this thing and then it zooms out and it turns out they're just dolls in a playhouse. Right. They're all little weird twists like that right. but that's one of the right. shit ones. There's good ones as well. Um, he has announced his new movie. It's called Us and mm. it revolves around a wife and a husband um, actually two people who co-starred together in Black Panther um, who oh, yeah, yeah, uh, okay. take their kids on vacation to a beach house to spend some time with friends and things take a horrifying turn when some shocking visitors arrive uninvited and the poster has just been released and it's sort of a creepy looking poster with a red robe and like demon horns on a pair of like fox looking scissors, scissors or yeah. something. Um, Someone wearing a weird so, glove. Yeah, <laughs> Don't have a tremendous amount of information but Get Out was really good. Um, so I look forward to seeing his next film. Yeah, I really got to see that. Next headline, <laughs> Benicio Del Toro to voice Swiper the Fox in the new <laughs> Dora the Explorer yeah. movie. Uh. <laughs> they um, should just get the full cast of Sicario to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first one, not Day of the Soldado. <laughs> uh, Isabella Mona stars as the young Dora with Michael Peña portraying her father. Eva Longoria plays the mother Michael and Adriana. Peña's also famous, right? Yeah, Adriana yeah. Barraza playing um, Abuela Valerie. So, if you're interested in Dora the Explorer, um, there you go. Mm. Movie coming out soon. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's as I, th- I thought that the headline was a good enough punchline there to not worry about it. It's good um, I heard that uh, Aaron Sorkin uh, is doing. He's directing it? In the- <laughs> oh, yes. Dora the Explorer. No. Fuck, um, that would be so good. Aaron Sorkin has apparently been for quite a while now writing his new movie, which is going to be a. <laughs> Just feel like. Dora slowly like going fucking mad about being the protagonist <laughs> and like slowly alienating all of her friends around her and like Dor- becoming an introvert shut in <laughs> fucking asshole. Dora's on pills and takes a seven minute long yeah. argument about why the Fisheries yeah. Act is slowly ruining the agriculture in the Yeah, unit. exactly. We right. get to see the scene where like she's just like fucked out of her mind on drugs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Aaron Sorkin's apparently been working on this The Trial of the Chicago 7 movie for quite a while now. It's based on this documentary called Chicago 10, which followed some now, whoa, trial whoa, of... Whoa, 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 whoa. They've Pump cut, the they've brakes cut, there, they've cut three Chicago's out what of the movie already. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago's three, seven, and nine got cut <laughs> out of the movie for brevity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, well, a, they've clearly been merged <laughs> in with the characters of Chicago's six, four, yeah. and two. <laughs> so this is like breezing past this story to get to my actual story. But um, oh, there was... Happy to stick yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There was apparently, um, in 1969 in the US, seven defendants... Sorry, which year was that? 1969. Nice. <laughs> seven defendants were charged by the federal government with conspiracy uh, b- through what? some sort of counter all these count- countercultural process, uh, protests that were happening at the time uh, it sparked mayhem and all sorts of conversation and undermining of the US government the point is he was he's doing a movie about that but he's had to cancel and put that in on sort of on hiatus oh. for a while because he's been busy writing his Broadway uh, play that's just been released, which is an adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, that's huge. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. whoa do, do, okay, so what you've seen is a star-studded headline, and that's what I thought originally. It was like, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, written by... Uh, 
fucking Aaron Sorkin, and the headline is, has a starry opening featuring Oprah, Hugh Jackman, Anne Hathaway, and more, including Magic Johnson, <laughs> Spike Lee, Samuel L. Jackson, John Hamm. <laughs> and Does I was like, Anne holy Hathaway. shit, how was how all these people in this movie? No, they're just the people that came to the premiere. Oh. Like, oh, I assume there would be the people <laughs> yeah. on the stage. Fuck. So it's gonna be like, oh, does does Anne Hathaway play Scout? Yeah, That'd be great. I was like, like what you the look like a fucking six year old girl. <laughs> like, what looks Magic Johnson doing in this movie? Yeah. No, nice. um, uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote the script, and some other fucking yeah. people came to see the play. Because and fuck theater, that's yeah. why he's not writing movies. Yeah, right. right. Um, <laughs> uh, Pixar has announced their new movie. It's called Onward. We don't oh, have very cool. many other details other than the idea that it stars Chris Pratt, Tom Holland, Octavia Spencer, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Okay. Which sounds cool. It's directed... It's uh, new IP, though. It's I'm like happy. Yeah, yeah. It's created and directed by the guy who d- uh, did Monsters University, which I actually really that liked. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah. Um, if you're not on the Monsters University train, listeners, get fucked. Yeah, and no, I thought it was great. Uh, the small little uh, brief we have about here is that Onward is set in a suburban fantasy world populated by elves, trolls, and sprites where unicorns trawl through garbage cans like candy-striped possums. It offers the premise that <laughs> magic was real but has long since been forgotten and replaced by modern technology and finds two brothers whose fathers died when they were too young to remember him. Blah right. blah we okay. use our phones too much. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be could be a little handy, yeah. but um, Metro twenty thirty three, uh, they they're gonna be in a film of that. MGM Studios uh, <laughs> planned to turn that into a film, but it's yeah. been cancelled oh, because Can they... you stop cancelling <laughs> movies on me? You're like, oh, I sort of built you up first. Jesus. Um, I'm gonna assume every Name drop from now yeah. on that yeah, I get yeah, excited yeah. about is a cancelled <laughs> film. <laughs> Listeners, you're welcome. It's been cancelled because they wanted to like Americanize the whole movie. Um, yeah, well, fuck and that. like make it like not Russian. For those of you listening at home, Metro 2033 is a video game based on a book which took place in uh, Russia. It's like post- a post-apocalyptic thing set in Russia, like post-Cold War. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's like there are mutated creatures and shit. And in the yeah. video game, it's really immersive. It's all in first person and it's a great horror movie. So it would have been a really, really good, yeah. <laughs> intense, immersed horror film. But part of that setting is like the desperate, like sk- sort of Slavic sense yeah. of, of just like, I don't know, uh, being completely ground into dust by your oppressive yeah. settings. So, so the, the script writer here says that um, they had... They, it, it was intended that they would Americanize it and move it to Washington, D.C., and he said that none of it Fuck worked. Off. Which I think is interesting. It's like, yeah, of course not. He said, like, a lot of... Turns out when you set this Russian story about Russians in Russia to America and just try and... It doesn't work. He says, like, yeah, because then you have Nazis in Washington, D.C. that doesn't really work and communists don't really work and the idea of these Dark Ones creatures didn't really work. Um, and it's supposed to be, like, a metaphor of... Uh, general xenophobia and it's not a comment on African Americans but it's sort of what it turns out being when you put it in America and he said right. like, they had to replace the dark ones with these like random beasts as long as the beast didn't look human and then the whole thing doesn't really work and he was just kind of saying like yeah the studios yeah, kind of ask him to dark ones like mutated yeah right people, yeah right. and so he said yeah. like uh, the studios were asking him to turn this like European Nazi uh, story into America. It's like, oh, of course that doesn't fucking work. So, no, you're not getting the movie. They don't Sorry, even boy. feature in particularly heavily in the series. And no. Like, uh, not, not intrinsically, but it's just like, well, it's coming off the back of a world war, like, and yeah. you're, on, you're on continental Europe, so, of course, that has to factor in. Yeah. Also, it's fucking interesting that they were, like, afraid of it being xenophobic when actually the movie is literally being canned because people don't want Russian settings. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Like, ugh. Anyway. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is now the highest grossing musician biopic of all time. Uh, it's now surpassed $600 million at the global box office. Uh, it's been nominated for Golden Globes, SAG Awards. I really hope Remy Malik uh, gets a nomination for his performance as Freddie Mercury because he was fucking great. In terms of the way he moved, there's yeah, like a side-by-side... As a piece of acting, it was very good. Yeah, his acting just, was very, very good. The whole film was like, fine, but I like, didn't like his character more than I liked a lot of yeah. the characters I would nominate. But yeah, I guess as an actor, he he's did an extremely good, unbelievable job. job. Yeah. I, I have to emphasize, he's not Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had him going. So I'm like, yeah, Freddie Mercury is like, I like yeah. him, but yeah. you're like, yeah, it's but like, Remy Malek's just kind of like Freddie Mercury anyway, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immortal um, yeah. Engines. Uh, has lost over $100 million. I don't know if we mentioned that at the start of the episode or not, but it's man, one of the biggest we, flops this year. Uh, it's come out roughly the same time as... Yeah, it's come out at roughly the same time as uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and The Mule, both of which have done a lot better. I'm telling you, man. Like, they didn't pick their audience right. They needed to no. aim it at... Like, they needed to have it be fucking MA rated. Yeah. It needed to be a lot more gritty, a lot more violent, uh, better written. Yeah, God. Anyway, what a waste. Yeah. Well, And, and considering, as we were talking about off-air a little bit... Um, considering that it's the only the first movie in the script, I reckon they were shooting for making four of them if that was successful. And so now yeah. they just won't. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, well, something we didn't mention about Overworld, uh, Overlord, sorry, before we finish, is it really looks like they're setting up there to be a sequel. Oh, yeah. Because they, they, they sort of <laughs> finish, like, look straight down the barrel of the camera now and be like, now all we have to do is go to Berlin and kill Hitler. Wink. You're <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah! I, I wasn't sure how much of that was like... <laughs> People were going to be asking the whole time, mm. it's like, when, when do they get to kill Hitler? Yeah. When do they get to kill Hitler? <laughs> yeah. I would fucking love it. And also, yeah. is this much of a spoiler to turn out like what the landing was? Hitler did die in World War II. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, because they reveal at the end of Overlord, uh, Overlord I'm going to say this what slowly. What the landing was. To give you time. I didn't realize the whole time, it's D-Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't I realize mean, that until the very, very end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the whole movie is I happening re- like... I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think they said it, but I assumed it was going to be D-Day. Yeah, but, so, okay, fine. Well, I don't know anything about history, so fine. It's like the biggest landing. I mean, it would be yeah. weird if it was a landing that wasn't D-Day, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. what other fucking landing would it be? Okay, yeah. so this is the stupidest headline I found this week. Great. And I'm going to I'm gonna end on this. I so if you've got any massive no, bummer, I don't have any, huge any bummers, depressing no. news, if we were to talk about... it wasn't a depressing news item. Yeah. It was a hard-hitting perspective on a really... Depressing issue. We're going to talk about why Kevin, what's his name, didn't apologize for insulting gay people Spacey. for a third week in a row. Um, then now's your time because I think this is <laughs> no. fun. Okay. Okay, good, great. How James Wan convinced Nicole Kidman to star in Aquaman. <laughs> yes. How did he? Great. <laughs> it's a quote from Amber Heard being like, Yeah, I kind of didn't know anything about comic books. I didn't really know anything about any stories or anything, which is really say like, no, I'm just doing this for the money. I just did this for the money. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> if a Marvel studio approaches you and is like, or you go to the auditions, whatever, like, hey, do you want to yeah. make $20 million? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right. Do you have so, any follow-up questions? No. So, <laughs> Jason Momoa, um, the guy, yeah, right. Yeah, so, Jason Momoa, the guy who was Aquaman, says that he admits he wasn't really a fan until the comic book writer, Jeff Johns, kind of created this role for him if you say so, but Aquaman's yeah. kind of been around for a little while. Um, 
I'll, yeah, I'll read. It's been changed, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I suppose so. I'll read straight from this Variety article here. Um, Kidman was convinced to jump on board because of James Wan, the director. I knew James was going to do something really interesting and really fun, and I've wanted to work with him since he started out in Australia in low budget horror, and I followed his career. Blah blah blah. I do this with directors. I follow certain directors, so I've I've been following James, and then he he showed me some of the drawings he was doing, and he said, "See, this is why you have to be in my movie because I've drawn this character to look like you." <laughs> The fuck is that? It's, that <laughs> is like, look, look, look. Here, don't don't look at those pages in my sketchbooks because oh, these pages are stuck together. But look at this. This is my little fan art where I've drawn. Yeah, he's like, I've drawn look. Nicole Kidman's head on her body. <laughs> oh Christ! Yeah, look, Nicole, I've got something to show you. Uh, hang on, sorry. Ah, <laughs> oh, it looks like you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, is that? <laughs> Is that that convincing? <laughs> that he, is, he drew a picture. With a little what, more legal crayon? That is absolutely a crime. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I've been following you, admiring your directing skill. He's like, great. Fuck that. Let me show you some of these pictures I drew. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't blame him for being convinced of that. Yeah, that's right. What a, what a salesman. Yeah. <laughs> right. We really also, got... I just want to put in my... Uh, oh, my God. A little hard yards. No, no, no. Oh, okay, I'm right. just, uh, just uh, in admiration of Jason Momoa. I'm really glad he made it because I've been following him since Stargate Atlantis, which aired from like 2005 through 2006. Yeah. And he was really good in that. Right. This episode of Beef Systems brought to you by Stargate Atlantis, season four. <laughs> no, Stargate SG1. SG1. Season right. one. Okay, fine. We're going to start with season one, do you? Yeah. Okay, fine. I think, I think Andrew's dad has the VHS copies if you want to drop by and I borrow have them. all the DVDs. Right, okay, cool. Great. There you go. Uh, <laughs> all of them. If you want to watch Thoroughbreds, if you want to watch Story to Bother You, if you want to watch Stargate no. Season 1, no. hit us up. <laughs> I can lend you the DVDs. The other, the other two I have. I do not own a copy of those movies and cannot give you a copy of those movies illegally through them. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another week. I'm Oscar. Andrew. See you later. 